0: Good morning, sports fans, or football fans, people who are proprietors of the draft and the craft. It's Dan. It's JP. We are back and better than ever after getting through the little Thanksgiving coma that you like to go through, JP. Have you recovered? Hail
1: from to the victory.
0: My <laughs> bad. You've been Not singing bad. that song all weekend.
1: I know. That's why we're a little late getting to the episode here, because I needed some extra celebration days.
0: Well, what can you say? Hey, And to get out of the food coma. It was just all
1: food and celebration, literally. It was fantastic.
0: And in no way is that Can you imagine how happy I would have been if if the Lions had won as well? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, that would have just... It was a good weekend for sports to begin with. It was an even better weekend for people who were rooting for some of the teams we were, except for, again, the Detroit Lions not being able to... They played tough, man. They did, and they've been doing that all season. I said that at the beginning of the year on this podcast even. I love it. The Lions were going to keep games interesting because the offense is good enough to score points and the defense is bad enough to give up a bunch of points. So at least some things haven't changed. It does. It does hurt, but that is the reality of what we're doing right now. And what we're doing right now is going through the last weekend, full weekend of college football games. And so we've uh, picked out our usual little notes that we want to talk about. And then after this, it's going to be A whole lot of picking and choosing of uh, maybe some some guys that are standing out to us or or people to look for in those championship games and the bowl games that are coming up. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. But for right now, let's wrap up the last full week of uh, college football with the ACC. What you see in there,
1: dude? I got to go to this North Carolina North Carolina State (laughs) Tar Heel Wolfpack Bowl, Mm -hmm. the double overtime bowl. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I said, I always focus on a couple players here, Um, dude. The linebackers. For NC State, not, who knows, maybe PFF hates them, but ah. um, I don't know. From what I watched in the game, the both junior linebackers, I believe, too. I'm not 100% sure I think they are. Drake Thomas and uh, Peyton Wilson, specifically Peyton Wilson, man. He mm-hmm. had a fantastic game. Well, they both really had great games. Drake Thomas is actually probably better. See, I'm back and forth already. <laughs> but Peyton Wilson ended up with 11 tackles. Drake Thomas had 10 tackles, but Drake had... A sack and a couple tackles for loss, whereas uh, Mm -hmm. Peyton only had one tackle for loss. Between the two of them, they had five QB hurries. These guys were playing great football, so I don't care Mm -hmm. what their little weird grade play shows out as. (laughs) They played great football.
0: Well, Um, I can tell you that Peyton Wilson had a higher grade. He was 76-7 and Thomas was 66-7, but they both had solid games.
1: So you're telling me my initial instinct was correct.
0: According to Pro Football.
1: Focus after track. I thought about it, I said Drake Thomas was better. I'm still standing by Drake Thomas is better.
0: Well, Wilson had the better tackling number, and that's kind of what made the difference.
1: One more tackle. And he Wilson didn't.
0: Had. And uh, Thomas and Wilson didn't miss any tackles, and they said that Thomas missed three. So.
1: Okay. He still had a sack and two <laughs> tackles for loss and three QB hurries.
0: Right. This is why we don't just rely on Pro Football focus numbers. <laughs> I'm looking the a confused good. look on your face. This, is, this makes me happy.
1: It's not confused. It's frustration. That's what <laughs> the expression is on my face. There's, a, there's a little bit mixed in there. But anyhow, Dre Thomas, you played great, if you ask me. You, you got JP's great.
0: There you go. And that was a great game and uh, obviously took a little bit of shine off of – well, shoot, both teams this weekend took a little bit of shine off of the ACC title games, North Carolina and Clemson. Both lost their games. I don't feel like talking about Clemson. I mean, I'm going to talk instead about Duke because Duke played Wake Forest and they played a heck of a game. And hey. the Dukies, not a team we spent a whole lot of time talking about this year. Usually, it's been it's been the other uh, you know North Carolina quarterback Drake, maybe we've been talking about. But Riley Leonard had 391, four touchdowns, only one pick, and a lot of that went to Jalen Calhoun, who had 11 catches for 178 yards and a touchdown. So he's yet another name to keep an eye on as we go into the draft process because he's another one of those six foot ish wide receivers who's a guy that seems like he can put numbers up at the very least I mean this guy is is not even the one I was talking about last week with the other wide receiver um, I think Jordan Moore and so again maybe Duke's somebody we need to pay attention to for their bowl game at least anybody else in the ACC for you
1: heck yeah you try to skip right past this Clemson South Carolina the old Gamecocks <laughs> here I forget where I read it well because the Gamecocks
0: are SEC man I was gonna let you get to them later
1: I know, but if you're trying to skip the game, I got to do it now cuz Clemson was in the ACC and you mentioned it. So either way, right. we're going to go to ACC skip to the SEC briefly. okay. Yes, Jump around. Hey man, if you t- well, if you take away the two picks, Spencer Rattler really had a fantastic game. Right. But throw us two picks at and Snear, eh, whatever, but I just had to give a shout out. This is I think I heard or read this somewhere the first time in the entire South Carolina history where they beat two top 10 teams in back-to-back weeks. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. No,
0: that is, that, that's exactly what happened. And it's great to see that for proving has been around as long as they have, it has many cracks at good teams as they have to pull that off is pretty impressive.
1: Yeah. I agree. That's a good quick shout out.
0: You know, one now way we, that you uh, carry on, you know, it's one way that you end up uh, making that happen for your team is when DJ throws eight of 29 for 99 yards. Remember when we Man. thought he was good again for a minute? for literally 60 seconds. He had he had a couple weeks there where it looked like he'd figured things out and put it back together like he had as uh, part of his freshman year, but that kid is just... He's not he's not ready yet. It's a shame to see. Moving on to the Big 12 Horned Frogs in the title game. Got to be happy about that. Whew.
1: The psychedelic Horned Frogs. What is that all about? Are they, are they like... Do they produce some sort of like substance, a horn frog that's like psychedelic or like a hallucinogenic no, or something? That's that going is, on. Uh, a
0: lot of that is a callback to Futurama and the hypnotode. That's what they play at like the games and stuff like that. That's just a reference to the TV show, so it makes it fun. And it also makes it fun when you beat a team sixty-two to fourteen. But I don't know if there's anybody from Iowa State or uh, TCU that you want to talk about. But
1: well, what are you talking about? TCU. There's a lot to talk about. T- TCU, man, we got to give them a shout out. They're good. Get- I absolutely want to talk about them. They're in the playoff, but <laughs> I don't know if it's just people that I'm around in the real world. Hmm. But why are they getting so much disrespect? You know, our buddy Ben. Right. He's even screaming. So, like, dude, TCU does not. He's even saying, this is blasphemy, by the way. <laughs> He's even saying that, the- that Ohio State should be in oh, over wow. TCU. Because wow. he's like, TCU has – who have they played? But, dude, what's crazy is when I looked at the – if anything, Ohio State and Michigan are the teams that haven't played anybody. Right. Michigan's played two-ranked teams. Ohio State played three. And let's be honest, when Ohio State – their first game of the season, Notre, we all knew Notre Dame was not, like, the fifth-best team in the right. country. My goodness. Right. That you know, a generous ra- ra- rating. Sorry if I could talk.
0: Especially at for, that point like, in the year.
1: Yeah. Like they've gotten they better. had to be but... just hype for – TV scheduling or something. I don't know. <laughs> but dude, if anything, like T- TCU and USC out of the top five teams have probably had the best schedules.
0: Yeah. I mean, TCU beat five ranked teams and they've technically got a sixth here. It'll be Kansas State again, but still.
1: Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, come on. But th- there's, there's just no respect there. They, so I'm not no. going to go on to any players, but I just want to say that people need, like, If all things go like we think they will, then that's who Michigan's going to play. And I Mm -hmm. don't feel like cute and cozy about that game. No. No.
0: Not with your boy Q up there.
1: Whoever wins that game, I'm rooting for to win it all. I will not. (laughs) Yep, I will not have any grudge towards TCU if they Mm -hmm. knock us off, assuming that's how it plays out. They're just not getting any love, man.
0: Right. Yeah, and that's the thing. But, People just look at the Big 12 and say, oh, well, the Big 12 is obviously not that good of a conference. Look at teams trying to leave the Big 12, et cetera. But it's it's a bunch of nonsense when it comes to where you're at. It I mean, is. like, if you're playing in any of the five big conferences, you will be tested throughout the course of your season, some at different levels than others. But I agree with you. I mean, Michigan has blown out teams that they have supposed to for the most part, but they still struggled. They barely beat Illinois at home and you had a last second field goal. Yeah, think
1: about long those. No, nah, well, we'll save that. We'll right. save that. But so I stick will say, the Big 12 here.
0: <clears throat> if TCU has trouble in this game, outside of the fact that they got to remember who in purple they're throwing the ball to, because Kansas State didn't nice they
1: thing. already did they already handily beat Kansas State, or was it just okay? So like they TD did
0: beat Kansas State earlier in the season, and it wasn't necessarily you know a I blowout. Touchdown. They won by ten, yeah. But this is a different yeah. Kansas State team because I don't think Adrian Martinez. I'm uh, sorry, I don't think Will Howard was playing quarterback at that point. Or if he was, it might have been his first start or something like that. But uh, he was coming in for Adrian Martinez. And so this is a slightly different Kansas State team with the way that it's built because they're throwing the ball more than they were when Martinez is in. He's a he's definitely a running quarterback. But the one guy that they should be keying on besides Will Howard, who had a, a decent game this past one, not great against Kansas, is Deuce Vaughn. Because Vaughn went from high yeah, yards and a touchdown. Yeah. And he also caught two passes for 82 yards. So he's the guy that TCU needs to watch out for. He had a great week. And then the other one that I want to give a little love to, and I haven't been giving a ton of love to Oklahoma because they're six and six, which as an Oklahoma state fan, I'm actually kind of happy about, but Danny Stutzman had 18 tackles in their last game, 118 on the season. So this is a guy to keep an eye on because I mean, Hey, when you, when you tackle someone that many times, I don't care what your grade is. You're obviously finding a way to get to the football. And that's something that the teams need to see when you're looking at players that you're you're potentially going to be trying to grab in a draft I mean 18 tackles even if only nine of those were solos technically he's a sophomore so we're not really gonna looking at him until next year but he's 6'4 238 so this is a guy not necessarily for this draft but next draft he's going to be, be one of those guys that's going to be running with tight ends out there
1: you know it's crazy so my big 12 guy I want to focus on is nearly the exact same thing you just said <laughs> Literally, across the board. So I've given a lot of love to Texas linebacker uh, Jalen Ford, right? Right. How about uh, Marvian Overshawn? Okay. Another linebacker for Texas. Senior, though. I think think uh, Ford is a junior. But uh, 6'4", 224, so pretty close to what you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. But in this past game, he had 14 tackles, seven of which were solo. So still that 50-50 ratio with the 18-9 but he had a sack and two tackles for a loss as well. Okay. Again, a, another linebacker with great sides and just real quick while we're on and Jalen Ford had had 13 tackles in this game with a couple tackles for loss and a QB hurt, hurry as well. So mm-hmm. the Texas line, maybe it's a linebacker kind of day for me, North Carolina <laughs> state, Texas. Every day is on. a linebacker kind of day for you. Well, uh, I know it. <laughs> I know it. But yeah, I just had to give Mr. Overshawn a little shout out there this week. Uh, Let's keep our eye on them, man.
2: Yeah. And again, Could be a the, little gem
1: in the later rounds.
0: Right. And the fun part about all of these guys is we'll get at least one more crack at a bunch of these players uh, when we get to see what who ends up where in the bowl season. This is gonna be fun for, for me because you know, I mean, we usually Our football fans, we pay attention all the time, but this is like the first year that we're full on doing a podcast. And that means that bowl games actually matter a little more than they did. They have in the past
1: some of these random ones. And when side. we do our bowl game bets, we can put a little um, more on the line. <laughs> yeah,
0: that that doesn't usually end well for me. Moving on, let's get over to the Big Ten. And do you want to do you want to start?
1: Oh, okay. You want to start what? with it?
0: Okay, gotcha. Michigan played Ohio State in the game. And as a, a Michigan fan, I was wringing my hands in the first half until I reminded myself right after kickoff that Michigan has been a second half team all year and it played out again. It was 20 to 17 Ohio State at the half, and then Michigan outscored them 28 to 3 in the second half.
1: Dude, real quick before I even get any any players, it could be the region of the country and where my alliances lie, <laughs> and the fact that it was a two three matchup. But right. Why do I feel like there is an incredible amount of hype around this game? And I didn't hear like anything about the Iron Bowl. Aren't aren't these like supposed to be the two big college football rivalries? I know Auburn isn't what it should be, and this is not an Alabama team that we used to see. But I just didn't hear or see like any hype around it, which is kind of a bummer.
0: Yeah, you know, it is. It's supposed to be the other big rivalry game on this day because I don't care what you want to say about the Egg Bowl. It's not quite as big of a deal. No offense, Mississippi. Uh, but this that was the other big game. And it's just not something that people wanted to talk about this year, which I'm not upset about because we both think the SEC gets way too much love anyways. Uh, but this was a year where both teams were down and there isn't as much of a playoff implication, even though Alabama could find a way to backdoor and if things go crazy. But this was the game. This was the year that everybody was focused on two teams that were undefeated for only the second time in this series which is kind of a big deal. And yeah, that's what people were focused on.
1: So real quick for for players in the game, we all know that I would love to talk about JJ McCarthy's four touchdowns,
2: <laughs> one of them
1: being on the ground, but mm-hmm. I have to I have to talk about my guy Donovan Edwards. Okay. I think I've said it to you a, a million times. Yep. I know I've been saying it for years, but
2: mm-hmm.
1: not well, literally not years. I mean, he's only been last year and this year, but, yeah. but I do it. And I think I said it early on, on. And when we started this podcast this year, like I absolutely love Blake Corum. Okay. And yep. I think Blake Corum is a better pure runner than Edwards. Right. But I think when you consider everything all around the receiving and everything, I mm-hmm. think Edwards is better, at least better suited for the NFL than Corum is today's NFL. Sure. Because of his versatility, but, man, did he prove he can actually get it done on the ground? I don't know. Yeah. Donovan yeah. Edwards, monster, absolute monster. I can't wait to watch this guy and take it over next year.
0: Right, and after a game like he had, if Corum can get healthy the way you'd like him to get healthy, because, again, I think that they're probably going to more or less keep him in bubble wrap this weekend against Purdue yeah. as much as they can, and obviously only break him out if they need to. He'll probably get... A similar handful. Unless they're going
1: to try to allow him to like make a case for the Heisman. Cause if Potential. he is really healthy and can go and they just oh, let him is, go get over 100 a hundred touchdown.
0: Yeah. If he is healthy, they're going to let him go, but I just don't know if he's quite there yet with uh, with how they used him last week. But I mean, now you've got Corham and Edwards healthy for almost the first time all season. That's, that's a new dynamic for Michigan as well. And now we found out that JJ McCarthy, admittedly completion percentage, wasn't where it needed to be for most of his games but boy, did he hit the big plays when they were open.
1: Yep. He absolutely did. I do. I hats off to him. And real quick, just on Edwards, though, I forgot to even mention he went for over 202 touchdowns with a yep. broken bone in his hand. Right. Not in his but legs. JJ, yeah, J, 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 <laughs> only 50% completion percentage and only 263 yards. But as you said, big plays when you need them. I mean, he mm-hmm. had a rushing touchdown and three touchdowns through the air.
0: Right. Well, and I texted you that. I mean, like, I was, I was surprised that i was texting you that michigan was the team that had the four long touchdown plays because it's usually something you would have expected ohio state would have found a way to get some big plays and they did have some big plays but they only had a couple and that that was the whole the whole game
1: yeah yeah and just real quick before we move on from the big 10 though i do have to pose the question Uh um i know i was already kind of talking about you know TCU getting disrespected, but is mm-hmm. there a world like we already talked about it? So we don't need to spend much time. But is there a world where Ohio State kind of like, do they have a case? I mean, they didn't oh, play yeah. as many ranked teams. Mm-hmm. say as like a, a USC, but I mean,
0: no, I think Ohio State does. To have look a at case.
1: USC's loss versus Ohio State's loss and the team that they were the right. ranking.
0: Well, the way it looks right now, and again, this is something we're recording before the championship games. Uh, this week, it's going to be if all four teams that are in right now win, which should quotes should happen. Uh, you're It's going to be those four teams like Ohio State will not get in if USC wins the title and if TCU wins the title. Michigan, the consensus right now, from what I've been reading from everybody else out there that pontificates on all this stuff and gets paid more than we do, <laughs> is that Michigan and George are in no matter what happens. Like unless the entire team falls apart for both of those schools, even if they lose, they're probably still in the playoff tcu is more of a coin flip if they lose maybe they get in maybe they don't because people are hating on the big 12 same thing with usc if usc is a two loss non-title winner even though they played in a title game that opens the door for ohio state now the fun part is going to be if tcu and usc lose then people are going to start saying well alabama should be in too yeah it's not
1: gonna happen well i mean maybe if they both TCU only loses one, man. All I'm
0: saying no, is. We I said be... to
1: pose the question real quick. Because yeah. I mean, I get it. They only have one loss and they lost to the number three team in the country.
0: Right. But we should be rooting for TCU and USC this weekend. I realize one of those is easier for you than others.
1: Yeah.
2: Because yeah, for
0: me I'm down with that. again, this is we just found out uh, well really Wednesday that the uh the playoff is going to be four teams for one more season and then it goes to 12 after this so i'd love for one of the last two years for it just to be four conference champions let's just do that and move on so hold up your end of the bargains boys now for michigan though that means beating a sneaky purdue team and the reason why is two guys the quarterbacks all right but charlie jones four catches 143 yards and a touchdown in their last game and devin muckabee who is a sneaky running back had 99 yards on the ground also caught five passes 58 yards now again they're playing indiana but that's still a rivalry game. And those guys both showed up in a big way for Purdue. And one last note in the Big Ten, because I've been following this guy the last few weeks. Isaac Darkangelo, their tack, their uh, their linebacker, it seems like he hadn't played a, a meaningful role in the team until about three weeks ago. Another 10 tackles, another two tackles for loss. So not really sure what Illinois was doing with this guy up until now, but he's been showing out at the end of the season. Could be interesting to see how his uh, draft stock rises into those middle rounds, potentially. See what's coming out of there. Let's go out west to the Pac-12, which is, again, another conference that has the wrong number of teams in their name. But whatever, you know, we roll with it. A couple of fun things happening hey, out hell, there. You what
1: know? you got? I got to go with this Oregon-Oregon State game, ooh, man.
0: Ooh, the Civil War, man. It was legit.
1: Yeah. So, first of all, just props. And I don't even know if I need to say – I should say props because, <laughs> like, 99% of the time this does not work out for you. Mm-hmm. But how how you can be down by like twenty points or whatever it was, I forget it off the top of my head. But and have only you only completed six passes in the game and right. you had like nearly fifty rushes or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But to be down like twenty and then just be like, ah, nah, we're just gonna stick to the game plan. This is gonna work out. And all of a sudden in the third quarter, come back like score eighteen more points in Oregon. The fourth mm-hmm. quarter, right at the end of the game. Yeah. Like, <laughs> props for sticking to your game plan and having it work, but I'm here yeah. to tell you, the odds were not on your side.
0: No, no, and and again, with that,
1: with that oh, go, go ahead.
0: No, it's just full props to them because uh, Oregon State's defense was really huge in in making that happen because they given up a lot of points in this game, but they managed to shut the door right when they needed to. And again, nobody on this team ran for more than about a hundred yards. But they spread the ball around so well that you ended up with 250, 60 yards on, on the ground.
1: Yeah. So you you'd mentioned the Oregon State defense here. Have you ever heard the name Adapo? Ladi-
0: no, but I'm guessing we're gonna hear it more.
1: Yeah. So the in the in the four games previous to this, he had like a total of 14 tackles. Okay. Right. In, in the four games total, add them all <laughs> up. He had like 14 tackles. Mm-hmm. Whatever this guy ate for breakfast or whoever gave him the pregame speech, like he was hype. A defensive back. So the 14 tackles in four games isn't all that bad for a defensive back. right? right? Yeah. But in this game, the Oregon game, you know, the in-state rival game, mm-hmm. the nine-seed Oregon team, he threw down 17 tackles. <laughs> That's a good week. As a as a defensive back. No, I'm sure based on PFF stuff, he, he may have, like DBs aren't supposed ah. to get that. Right. They're not. So he might have just allowed a lot of passes or something. I have no idea, but I just had to mention it quickly. 17 tackles for a DB is, I think, that's crazy. He yes. had to have made mistakes. There's no way he's just in posi- position to make the play and get 17. T- you know what I mean? Well, and again, he got a bunch Who of those. Is he covering if he's getting <laughs> 17 tackles? Right. Well, one of the things that we
0: have noticed with uh, the way that tackles seem like they get done in the uh, in college versus in the pros is guys get a lot more credit for tackles. It seems like, uh, in, in the college game where they get a lot more of the assisted tackles than I think they do maybe in the pros or it's just the way the tackling is done more so in college, but he definitely had a good chunk of those as assisted tackles. Uh, but even then still solid game for him, pro football focus thought he was about middle of the middle of the road. They only gave him credit for nine tackles and pro football focus. And so that's like one of those weird things where it's like, I'm not sure who's making those choices when it comes to that kind of stuff, but we'll give, 17. Yeah, checked, give yeah, him 17. Yeah, I just
1: checked ESPN stats, and they gave him credit for 17 and a half tackle yeah. for a loss.
0: There you go. Count them. They're up there. Good work. Yes, so. Looks like he'll probably be hanging around for a senior year, though, so uh, we can maybe see if he does it again next year. The only other name that I want to talk about in the pack 10, 12, 13, 14, 15, wherever they are now, is uh, Michael Wiley with Arizona. He had 214 yards rushing, three touchdowns three catches and 51 yards and what that did was allow Arizona to uh to beat Arizona State and it's good to see these two programs are both sort of in rough shape right now and uh like to see both of them kind of uh, on the mend because Oregon's defense or offensive coordinators took the head job at Arizona State Arizona seems like they're trending in the right direction and uh and I will say this USC got by Notre Dame but nobody really stood out to me on the stat sheet as much as Everyone's going to talk about Williams having his Heisman moment, stuff like that. Drew Pine's still threw for more yards, so yeah. I mean, yeah, there you go. He's probably still going to win the Heisman, though. I don't think anybody else wants it right now. <laughs> Everybody's got a couple guys got one more. Yeah, my
1: game. my bets with Williams.
0: Yeah, one more. What if game Corum goes in.
1: off, what if Corum goes off against Purdue? And oh going? yeah,
0: if he goes off, he goes off. He's got another shot because right now people are forgetting that he's as good as he is because he had the uh, the week off. But if he reminds everybody how good he is in in a title game against even against a Purdue team that's maybe not top tier, yeah, that'll that'll re-enter him in the conversation. I still think he's or, trip to New York though.
1: Or what if it's the fact that he's been going off all year? Then he's out, and then Donovan Edwards goes off, and then he comes back, and Corum goes off again. What if they're just like, let's give the Heisman to Michigan's O line?
0: <laughs> yeah, if, if only right <laughs> now they're still going to get. Uh, I know that they're up for the position group award, so that'll. That And that's one of the things we said, because against Illinois, that was the question for Michigan. Jumping back real quick was, well, is their offensive line any good? Because they struggled to run the ball against the Illini. And again, not that Illinois made a few teams, you know, have struggling running the football. But this offensive line showed up against Ohio State and did what they needed to do the whole game. So moving on over to the SEC. What do you got here?
1: Well, I'm going to do a quick rewind because i did get early on uh, south carolina but i did want to give a quick shout out to antoine wells jr wide receiver for the gamecocks in this game he well let's just i'm going to do the last two games he had a great game the two touchdowns came in this game so he had only had two touchdowns last two games they both came in this game so good Mm -hmm. timing Mm -hmm. but he's had 20 catches for like 300 yards averaging like 15 yards a catch in the last two weeks nice and this is a draft eligible guy. Whether he goes in the draft, I don't know, but he's a junior who's six one, two oh seven. So it's a solid dude.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he and
1: he's showing he out, out right at the end of the season. Mm-hmm.
0: So he sort of goes into that bundle of wide receivers that we have that could go anywhere in the middle, like yeah. four rounds, potentially.
1: Yep. So I wanted to give him a quick shout out. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to give a quick shout out to uh Bryce Young, because it looks like he I would assume, based on what we had seen from you know, Stroud, I mean, he didn't have an awful game, but he turned the ball over a few times, and his body language just did not look all that great. Mm-hmm. So I want to say that maybe maybe Bryce Young's locked up that QB one, but I got to ask this question that I've been asking all year, Dan. Yeah. And, and one of our buddies has been on the show, Brad. He's the one who's he's the reason for this, but <laughs> I just have to know. Am I missing something with Anthony Richardson? Um, I don't think you are. I'm going to put it that way. I don't think I am either. You and I have both. Here's what he is. Keep seeing a mocked in the first round. Yeah. All things considered Brad's just like, Hey, I think the Lions should take him in the second round. I'm like, dude, what? Mm -hmm.
0: Right. Which people look at a guy that's his size and that can run the ball like he can. And they see kind of a Cam Newton esque sort of player who can move the football is a large individual and has the ability to go over the top with it. But again, Anthony Richardson, first off, they lost to Florida State. So this is a guy who's a six and six quarterback this year, is nine of twenty-seven in this game against Florida State. Now he did have three touchdowns because he hit some big plays, but this is nine of twenty seven. His completion percentage for the season is fifty-three percent. He's thrown nine picks.
1: Which the you know, to Brad's point. You know, 53% doesn't completely scare me because there's been quarterbacks that have been extremely high on has been around that, but they've been in – they haven't had the, the level of talent around them as a Florida team should have or does have. Sure. I, I'm so. just trying to figure it out because the main thing that I, I'm having a tough time with here is everybody seems to acknowledge that he's not having a good year by any means and he hasn't had a good college career, period. Right. But they just go, yeah, but he's going to translate to the pros way better. I'm like, yeah. well, what are – what are you seeing that's making you so confident in that statement?
2: Right, that could exactly. be reality.
1: It could be. Oh, well, what I'm trying to figure out is why. And I get it; he has a ton of tools, mm-hmm. so does I the tool acknowledge box. that. But I'm just trying to figure out why. Yeah, why does everybody seem so confident that it's going to come together in the pros?
2: Right
0: now, that's he, what I
1: can't wrap my head around.
0: He does have the 38th best numbers in the uh, in Pro Football Focus, right? Uh, a lot of that when you that's based off his total offense. And when you look at his numbers, it's because he has an eighty-four grade in rushing. When you look at passing numbers, um, he's not even in the top fifty. I'm honestly yeah, not I sure don't... where he would be. Um, let's go scroll way down. He's not he's not last, so that's good. But it's just he's he's not there yet. I don't know what people are are all about with this guy, other than the I, fact he's, he's
1: not big. even gonna come out, right? If he's smart, he won't.
0: He needs another year. Now, but again, I mean, someone... he's
1: technically like only a sophomore, I think, with all this weird stuff going yeah, on. In 2020, technically... he threw a total of two passes. Right. Last year, he only threw 64 passes. So this right. is really the only thing you have to look at. And Last year, he almost threw just as many touchdowns as he did picks. Anthony but Richardson this...
0: is the biggest wild card at quarterback in the draft for me because he could easily be uh, – he could come out because it is technically three years after he, he got He
1: could, out. but I'm just saying he shouldn't.
0: We both agree he shouldn't, but if enough people keep mocking him in the first round, he might come out just because of that because he's thinking, all right, cool, I'll get into it now because I'm not saying that this guy thinks he's amazing or not, but he also might be like thinking, what if I get hurt next year? What if this? What if that? What if maybe yeah, and I don't, blame him and if don't we, progress?
1: If a team says, hey, we're going to grab you in the first round, then yeah, come yeah. out. I, I wouldn't blame him. I wouldn't even really blame him in the second round. I
0: mean, no, but I really hope it's not Detroit.
1: I agree because there's Sorry. nothing against him at all. I just, I got a little don't bit against think him. Jared, not as a person, I, just as a I player. I don't think Jared Goff is the reason that they're not, you know, winning more games. And
0: we'll put it this way. I also think you,
1: that they need to draft a ton of defense.
0: If you say, who would I rather have under center next year, Jared Goff or Anthony Richardson, it's Jared Goff. Goff.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and we need to win.
0: Right. Exactly. Some teams might be wanting uh, to wait on him and have fun with it, but that's not it. So, otherwise in the SEC, though, I do have to give a shout to Texas A&M as they took down LSU. And Devin Ashanay had 38 carries, 215 yards, and two touchdowns. He's a big part of the reason why Texas A&M finally got a decent win on the year. And then Mississippi State, Nathaniel Watson, you'll appreciate this. Ten tackles, a sack, two and a half tackles for a loss. Another linebacker to add to your queue, if you will. i will be love. Yeah, this is the week for it. Team's showing up. And again, that got Mississippi State a win in the Egg Bowl over Ole Miss, which is uh, something that hasn't happened a ton. And once again, shows us uh, that Mike Leach can find a way to get things done. That guy, I tell you what, I love him as a coach because he's just this curmudgeonly smart old man who just seems to make things work. But he's never been good enough to actually have a team contend, but he's good enough to beat a few teams he shouldn't beat every year. And it's always entertaining to see who that's going to be. Anything else for you? No, go
1: ahead. Yeah, last thing for the little small school of love, we can go on a little small rant I know Ooh. we're getting out of control with time. All right. This James Madison thing's got me fired up, Dan. How can a team, <laughs> how can a team play well enough, play outside of their competition, if you will? So they upgrade in a conference. How does that make them ineligible for a bowl game? Like who made up these rules and how um, old are they? Like they're, I'm confident in saying I can explain to any person that I come across in today and talk to them about the situation be like hey there's a team that played well enough to where they upgraded them into a different tier of football mm-hmm. now they can't play in a bowl game
2: yeah it's
0: like a four-year transition play, or something yeah, it's dumb it's very dumb i mean i don't know why you'd be concerned that a team coming up a level would be that much what's the reasoning? Worse, Whatever. why it's... are they
1: being punished for ha- having success
0: because the Meanwhile, other, while we have
1: teams going into bowl games with under 500 records,
0: it's because the other schools don't want this team coming in and taking stuff from them too soon. Literally, that's my that's my take on it. It's absolutely dumb, but it's like it's basically hazing. It's pretty much freshman hazing for schools that come into conferences being like, well, you can join us, but you can't win the title for the first couple of years. Why? Because you're worried we're going to be better than you already. This that's, is
1: dumb. Yeah, agreed. That's all I can say. Yeah. With something so dumb, I have to keep my take equally as dumb.
0: <laughs> I appreciate you keeping things dumb. Right, I got a few people to talk about, as I always do in the uh, the smaller school world. East Carolina, Keaton Mitchell, 222 yards, three touchdowns. He's over 1,300 yards for the season. Dwayne McBride with UAB, who's now got Trent Dilfer as their head coach. He had 272 yards and a touchdown. He's over 1,700 yards for the year. And this He's is leading number, the nation, man. Right. Yeah, because when you get 1,700 yards in college, you better be leading the nation. And we got a little shout-out for this name just because it's fun. He also had 199 yards and a touchdown. Southern Misses Frank Gore Jr. popping up on the radar. He's got over 1,000 yards. Are
1: we sure that he actually had a son or Frank Gore just like, I'm not done playing football?
0: Look. It's possible. I saw the mug shot, like the the shot they have. For, that's the wrong word to use. I saw the shot they have in the profile shot, and he looks like his dad. I mean, there is no doubt if you saw Frank Gore standing next to Frank Gore Jr., that'd be like, you two are related. Now, that being said, I think Frank Gore could probably still go out there and crush it on some college fields. But the other game I want to talk about, because the FCS, which is the old one, double A, whatever, they are into their playoffs. And in the first round, Gardner Webb played Eastern Kentucky. And here's why this matters: Gardner Webb's running back Naree Gaither, 245 yards, two touchdowns. Eastern Kentucky's quarterback Parker McKinney, 37 to 57 for 454 yards and five touchdowns. Two totally different see, contrasting styles.
1: If Anthony Richardson did something like that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it'd be yeah, then we'd time. have a chat.
0: But uh, he also ran for negative 18 yards, so that guy is definitely a pocket passer. But Gardner Webb got the win, 52 to 41. So good for the Bulldogs. We'll have to see how they do against stiffer competition. Next week, let's move on to some beer. We've been talking about college for a minute.
1: We should. You want to start or you want me to go?
0: Well, the beer battle this week, just so people know uh, what we're oh, doing, yeah, yeah. we decided to have uh, a little bit of fun with it because you have been holding some Chicago beers in your back pocket for a little while. So we decided yeah, to do the Bears and the Jets. Yeah.
1: These beers were screaming from the bottom of my fridge, drink And I feel me. like it's the
0: opposite. It's the opposite of the, how the game went is how the beers probably went. So go ahead. I want you to talk about this beer that's been burning a hole in your pocket.
1: Well, I cheated, Dan. Not surprising. So it's supposed to be Chicago, New York. Right. I couldn't find any New York beers that I hadn't already talked about because I could only find a lot of Southern Tier and a lot of uh, Evil Twin. And we've talked about all of them this year on the on the podcast. So sorry, New York. I did two Chicago beers. That's so I had Chicago wins almost, by default. Last me for you. I know it is. I know it is. Here's crazy thing. Here's where I get. To, here's where I get to make fun of myself for a minute. Okay. So I, I was like super it. excited. I was super excited because I was like, "Oh man, the Revolution Brewing they they released two new." Because remember, I said like my highest graded beer. I think I've had from Chicago is the Death's Tar. Yep. We talked about this before. Mm-hmm. I saw this year, all of a sudden, two came out at the same time. It's like, oh, no, they did two, like, special editions of this because they were in mm-hmm. this, like, flashy, new, like, I'm colorblind, y'all. You know, <laughs> so it was tough, but I think it's, like, a brown and gold or copper or something can because okay. the Death Star was in, like, a red, white, and black can originally. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Right. Because I had it a few times. Loved it. And I was like, oh, man, these are special edition ones. What I found out later after trying to check into these is – uh well, they just changed the color scheme. So I literally <laughs> drank the Death, Death Star again,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which I ranked a little lower than I had the first time I had Ooh. it. So I will say this, the Death Star, I gave it a 3.75, so it still would have been very tough for anything for New York mm-hmm. to, to beat that, because that's a really good rating, at least for me. But in case people don't remember from the first time I'm talking about it, it's an Imperial Double Oatmeal Stout, which is like oatmeal stouts are my favorite stouts now it's an <laughs> imperial double back in a 14.8 percent okay ADV punch yeah it was all about it it's it's fantastic man it's got it's got definitely get that oakiness from the bourbon barrel but there's mm. like this coconut vanilla in there the only reason i ranked it lower is i feel like the first time i had this i picked up like the chocolate a little bit, and I could definitely mm. taste a little bit of the coconut vanilla. This time, I felt like the coconut and vanilla were gone, and it was just the chocolate bourbon barrel age, which is good. Okay. But I liked that little hint of coconut vanilla. So, the second one I had actually was a special edition of this Death Star. It's uh-huh. called Cafe Death. And I feel like I say that it's not Death, D-E-A-T-H. It's T-E-T-H. Right. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. It throws me off every time I even look at it. What but anyway, Death is, there. This is the... Right. This is the exact same beer. It's Imperial Double Age, you know, Bourbon Barrel Stout. But it, they just throw the coffee in there.
2: Uh huh. And you it. can
1: get the coffee, and I did enjoy it. And I think I gave them the same grade because I, to co- coffee and chocolate to me, like they're probably even. So I gave them both three seven five. <laughs> so Chicago won, but they tied. So this doesn't make sense. Nothing about you
0: cheating makes sense.
1: Had the coconut and the vanilla come through just a little more like it did originally, that mm-hmm. it would have been a phenomenal beer. It would have been in the fours for sure. Well, there you so, go. Both worth the buy. Okay. Be careful. Both 14.8% alcohol, <laughs> but fantastic. Beer.
0: Maybe space them out or or do one one night, one the next maybe. Well, I did that. I, I did not.
1: I did not. I drank them both, and then I realized that they were 148 when I was checking in with them, and then I realized that the Death Star that I had was the same one I had before.
0: And then you stood up and you're like, "Whoa, OK.
1: Or was it? Because I think they changed the recipe. And
0: they may have. And maybe one of the reasons why they changed the can as well. So I did uh, I did not have a tie. I also did not do two beers of the same style because it's just kind of how things played out. And because I've had a bunch of the w- different ones from Chicago, I decided to try something new. So Modern Dune, in modern with an E on the end of it, is a newer brewery that I've come across from uh Chicago area. And they had a beer called the Scuba Turtle. And that just seemed like a fun it's- one to drink.
1: Yeah, I would have bought it.
0: And it's a New England Hazy IPA. It was a three and a half, so 3.5. It wasn't a bad one. It was exactly what you'd expect out of a, a New England Hazy. So uh, Scuba Turtle, good times. I'm, I'm sure they've got some other fun stuff at uh, the Modern Dune Brewery, but very much standard competitive beer. Nothing that would blow my socks off, but solid beer. And then it went up against... I went with the one southern tier beer that we hadn't had yet, because if you remember, we had a creme brulee that you thought was pretty solid and I thought was an abomination uh, a few months ago, weeks ago, whatever. And so I wanted to try the other one that we were looking at from the Nitro series. And this is the Nitro Thick Mint, which is a imperial double stout that has the mint feel to it as opposed to the creme brulee trying to be all desserty, right? And this one I liked because the mint was a little more subtle than it was in the creme brulee. And mint, mint and stout works for me as long as you don't overpower it. It basically tastes like you're drinking, you know, like a little little minty chocolate chippy sort of milkshake thing going on there. So that one's which $3. is $3. impressive
1: yeah. for a Southern Tier because Southern mm-hmm. Tier to me usually whatever their flavor profile is, they go overboard with it. Right, and this it one comes they did. off as artificial. That's good. Yeah,
0: this one they didn't. And I mean, don't be me wrong; it still was artificial because mint is really hard to do unless you're actually using mint. And I'm not sure if they actually used mint in this, but It definitely reminded me like get some Girl Scout cookie type action going on there. So definitely a good choice by Southern Tier for that nitro thick mint. And we'll get into some more beer, you know, next show next week. We got to figure out what our beer battle is for this week. We'll figure that one out. So you guys to listen to it. Let's move on into a wonky weekend of NFL games because there were three on Thursday. There was a bunch on Sunday. But that means because we're doing these in chronological order. We got to start off with the Lions and the Bills in Detroit on Thanksgiving afternoon.
1: Yeah, outside of the Bills, Thanksgiving is just like my day because these right. are all my teams. Yeah. So, well, I mean, our teams I, in this case. Well, I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the next two games are all for my teams.
0: Hey, all I'd like to point out is the Lions have already got more wins than last year.
1: Yep. That's a W. Mm
0: hmm.
1: Get it. Even without uh the <laughs> But I want to go a completely different direction with the Lions here. Sure. And this is actually going to be my theme with the NFL. I'm not always going to talk about a player today. They're more general topics, if you will. Sure. So, one, I noticed that more the majority of people seem to have an issue with the way that Dan Campbell handled this timeout call. Even the room that I was sitting in, everybody was completely against me Mm -hmm. until the game ended. Yeah. So I'd like to think that Dan Campbell and I were on the same page, and we were 100 <laughs> right. There's no way in hell I would have called a time out there, given the team you're playing. I understand that majority of the time you want to give yourself as much time as you can to score and win the game. Right. But when there's a handful of quarterbacks that you don't want to give <laughs> any time over to, no. I did not want to give Josh Allen the ball. Right. I, I was saying they need to run as much time off. Like, try to win this game as time expires, if you right. can, or as close to it as you can. So I'm 100% mm-hmm. on board with that no timeout call. Like I said, everybody on, in the room I was with, including the announcers, I know Roma was all over it. All you got to call timeout there is, like, you zip it. That's why you're not a coach. Do not give Josh <laughs> Allen the that. ball. What happened, they didn't call a timeout. So Josh Allen had even less time. And guess mm-hmm. what he did? We all know how that played out. Yep. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I wanted to talk about that and say, Dan, I'm on board with you. Not you, Dan, the other Dan, the dude, Dan,
0: <laughs> Big Dan. And
1: then, then the other thing, just a quick shout out, man. I'm these draft positions for Detroit at three and thirteen right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh man, we're gonna yeah, have some fun. I be, I believe our next episode we got to do our, our four our week mock. check in on a mock draft. Yeah, so we'll see. The... I will save that conversation for that show.
0: Well, one quick question: Is Anthony Richard gonna go in thirteen to Detroit? No. <laughs>
1: Not for me. Well, no. probably. I don't see. Your, I don't see you convincing me of that yeah. argument.
0: So. No, I don't even think. I don't think Brad's going to convince you either. Yeah. And so, I mean, Jared Goff had a good game. All things considered, Amon-Ra again, great game. Nine catches, 122, and a touchdown. And uh, obviously, I'm going to talk about players. Rodrigo had a solid game too. He bounced back from having probably his mm-hmm. worst one. But uh, I will. Well, say he was coming
1: back off from that like hyperextended slash quarterline dislocated elbow thing. He had crazy brace uh, on.
0: Yeah, he had a little uh, little Gronk-level body armor going on yep. that uh, that elbow, and looked like it definitely helped him out. And then I'd say the only real you know, down spots for Detroit, um, the guards did not play well. The uh, And then when there were a couple of spots on defense. Will Harris and Jerry Jacobs, both in the secondary, just did not have great games, and that's obviously part of the reason why they ended up losing it. So that was a bit of a bummer. But Buffalo Buffalo got Do the wait, give, done. give a
1: quick shout-out to James Houston, though. Yes. Called up from the practice squad and mm-hmm. gets two sacks out of Jackson State, Deion Sanders' first pick.
0: And he's the guy just that we shout out there. Yeah, he's a guy we talked about in the training camp, being like curious to see what's going to happen with him. And then he ended up getting put out of the practice squad. But uh him, he's a very again very raw spot now. pass rusher. Yeah, very raw pass rusher. But again, it could be a great situational guy to have is be like, Hey, James, go get him. You know, I mean it's basically just put him on the field in those situations and let him do his thing. And those situational pass rushers can carve out a solid career for themselves in the nfl for buffalo again they got the win josh allen solid game 78 yards on the ground had three touchdowns total ed oliver had six tackles a sack had two tackles for loss and jordan poyer had a nice game too and again ed oliver one of those players that both you and i wanted to see in detroit when they drafted him but uh you know oh well that's how it works sometimes but uh on the flip side uh spencer brown again didn't have a great game ryan bates didn't have a great game i still think Interior offensive line is a spot for the Bills. I feel like they could probably use another hand in the secondary as well, depending on how things break down for them in the draft. I feel like those are two spots that a really good team still has to to fill in at. For Detroit, I mean, I still think secondary is is the question mark for them on defense. I feel like they still need at least one body at every level, Uh, but I feel like secondary is probably where we might have seen them focus, at least with that middle pick, if not the first one next game on the list on Saturday Thursday was uh was you New York and Dallas go for it. I don't want to hear about these Giants and how you think they're amazing cuz they
1: lost again. Sorry, Dan. It's a long season.
2: It's but been it'll a long be okay. season for
1: me. We'll talk when we get to the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, here's the thing. I'm going to start I'm going to start with, with the Cowboys on this one. Here mm-hmm. Well, first of all, everybody knows Micah Parsons is a monster, so I am going to just talk about him and sure. it's low-hanging fruit, but is he capable of getting less than double, than two sacks a game? He is capable. What is of. it with him where he's like I I'm not <laughs> going to get just one. I'm either getting zero or I'm getting two. He's got twelve sacks on the season now, and in six games, two sacks in each game. Like he just he's a he likes the number two. I don't know. So he, he's a monster. So uh, another guy we were super duper high on. Now, I will say this though, I I much rather I'd still take Penny Sewell. You got to protect the QB, but Mike Parsons, my goodness, he's just an incredible one of the best players in the entire league on yep. defense. So,
0: so sad he went to um,
1: end. Now, on the other side of the ball, I'm gonna ask you to you're way better with this, and you can look it up. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> All right, I want you to look up Kayvon Thibodeau. Tibbs on the stat sheet. He only had a tackle, that is it. Mm-hmm. But I felt when I was watching the game, I felt like he actually was playing well, and I might have tib's best game with a question mark is what i have because i don't mm-hmm. know i wanted you to look it up see if pff gave him some i felt like he was making an impact but just not mm-hmm. showing up on a sheet.
0: well he had an 87.2 so you'd be right the one number they gave him crap on was tackling
1: and he had one tackle what was he doing Did he get what they would they give him credit for well, or he or got like a,
0: five hits in four hurries he was, five dude, hits and four he was hurries. making an impact Right, and again, that's the thing. that That's one of the reasons why, as much as we, we laugh about some of the things with Pro Football Focus is we are still understanding some of the ways they do their analytics there, uh, and we just like to use them because it's probably the most comprehensive one that they have out there right now, is that's why we like it, because there are times where guys don't show up in the stat sheet, but they have good games.
1: Yeah, he, so he had a good game. Good he job, Rick. making an impact, you know, so that's good for him. That was his best game of the season, if yep. you ask me, my opinion. Oh, and it was. So. Yeah, going on to the next game here, because I forget these are all my teams. I'm going to start with New England, because I don't... <laughs> you know what, and I, I'm going to give a quick shout-out, because I'm just going to say Mac Jones looked... It was his best game of the year, potentially, while we're on the best games of the year, <laughs> in my opinion, because he's had a very, very mm-hmm. rough year. Well, I texted you. Um,
0: I texted you and I said Mac Jones might start to be actually looking like and I put on all caps Mac Jones like he did last year.
1: Yeah, you, you only had two touchdowns, dude through for almost 400 yards in 28-39. I mean,
2: mm-hmm. I don't know.
1: He got sacked several times. So maybe the line needs to be addressed. But um right. the main thing I want to talk about, Dan is what in the world is going on with this Hunter Henry catch. Now we <laughs> we're doing this episode late, so we're oh we're a week away mm-hmm. from this game, but as I recall it. When they reviewed this, what, the only thing they should have been reviewing is whether it was a touchdown or a first down. Right. How in the world did this thing end up as not a catch? Right. He had the ball in his hand. Did the ball touch the ground? Yes. He The rules, as I understand them, is the ball has to survive the ground.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: it's in his hand. Hand and ball hit the ground. He comes up. Everything's good. And then all of a sudden, he started like he's up. It's not on the ground anymore. He survived the ground. Mm -hmm. Then he starts to juggle it a little bit, regains possession, and is in in bounds. Worst case scenario, this should have been a first down. I feel like it strikes a nerve with me because how many rules were changed (laughs) due to Calvin Johnson (laughs) with catching footballs. But Mm -hmm. I don't understand.
0: Right. No, I I agree. The NFL needs to
1: figure this out.
0: And that's the thing. It feels like it's so subjective uh, that they just don't have a set like guideline of this is a catch this isn't a catch it's almost like this looks like a catch this might be a catch yeah maybe it wasn't a catch and it's just yeah it's a damn catch well right exactly and again it's like they they said oh well he stretched out into the end zone so therefore if he because he stretched out it made contact with the ground and therefore and that's the thing, too, is like the other thing, it's it's one of those weird vibes of, well, if he's in the end zone, maybe then it's a touchdown because he's in the end zone. And all you need to do is just instantaneously have the ball in the end zone and it counts. Same thing. It's like, well, it broke the ball, broke the plane. Shouldn't the play be over at that point? It's like so it's such a weird world of of them of them being the officials trying to figure out what they decide is a touchdown from week to week. And those are the moments that no one cares about when it doesn't change a game. But this kind of changed the game.
1: Oh, yeah. It definitely did, but it's enough out of me from that that game. Uh, you sure you don't want to talk pressured. about Kirk Cousins? Oh, I, well, okay, sorry. I misspoke. <laughs> that team, not that okay. game. I do want to give a quick shout-out to Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson because, I mean, Jefferson plays great every game. Um, Kirk Cousins finally didn't make me want to break my TV for the sake of my fantasy team because I got him in the QB flex spot. So, thank you for going 30 to 37 for <laughs> one yard shy of 300, which is frustrating. because I got a bonus at 300. Yeah, 299. He did that on purpose.
0: Yeah, it's just to mess with you.
1: Three touchdowns and pick. So, it's a solid game. Um, but here's the thing because this is, remember how I said I didn't really want to talk about players on most of these general questions. So, <clears throat> I know that I, you know, because we have our mock draft coming up, and I know that I say that the, the Vikings need. Maybe a D lineman or edge rusher, somebody up front right there on defense. That's what I think they need, right? Mm -hmm. Well, this is the first time all year I was like, you know, let me surf the web a little bit and see what some of these other websites or writers or whatever think the needs are for some of these teams. You know what the needs are, or one of the biggest needs they keep saying for the Vikings are? Quarterback? Like the consensus? No, they keep saying wide receiver. What am I missing here? I know Thielen's, Thielen's getting, getting a little older, older but the they arguably remember. have the best wide receiver in the league. Thielen had nine grabs and a touchdown this yeah. game. They just traded for Hawkinson, who had right. five grabs and a touchdown. He's been playing great. And then I even checked because I was frustrated about this take. <laughs> like I know Rieger hasn't like panned out,
2: mm-hmm. but
1: they just acquired him, Like give him a little bit of time. But then I went and looked at PFF and PFF double check me on it they absolutely love jalen rager which i don't understand because he only had to catch for 25 yards but mm-hmm. i'm just asking this is the question am i crazy or is wide receiver like one of the least of their needs
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i would agree with you there i think that people get it in their heads when they see a team with one really good wide receiver one aging wide receiver oh you need, they need a wide receiver uh, but again there this is not a team that i think really needs to uh
1: oh god no
0: to work on so yeah there's there's just there's times where it's like, guys, stop trying to be too smart. They can definitely use some help in some other spots. Obviously, look at I me mean, shoot secondary, if nothing else, with the way that those some of those plays went on the Sunday. But that's part of the fun. That's why we do this so, week, to week.
1: Spoiler alert on our mock this week Minnesota's not taking a wide receiver.
0: There you go. All right. We're giving people the goods <laughs> ahead of time. We're going to rip through the rest of these games on Sunday. So, yeah, we, we are bad out on Sunday. Wow. We've had a lot to talk about. It was a really big weekend in college football. So, it's still a big week in. The NFL and it was Tampa Bay, it was Cleveland, and what's going on with the Bucks?
1: Uh, you know, I'm not going to go into that, Dan. They're <laughs> still first place in their division. It's perfectly fine. At five and six. I want to say that uh, you know Devin White was everywhere uh, in this game. I think he missed a few plays, but he was still everywhere. So I was, you know, not not going to bash him too hard. But mm-hmm. the main take here, my goodness, Chris Godwin's finally healthy. Right. See it. He looks confident. He's smooth coming out of these routes. Brady is just throwing to him every single play. Uh I look for this team. You know, this was this probably, you know, humbled him a bit. But mm-hmm. now that Godwin's healthy and there's some trust there, like I, I bet I'm gonna call it. Here's my hot take. Moving forward, this is where Tampa Bay is gonna look significantly different than anything we've seen. Okay. I think they're gonna turn it on and they're gonna go on a tear here. All right calling it right now after losing to the browns godwin looking healthy i think they should get four net back i don't, it's all going to come together now
0: <laughs> i like your enthusiasm now for That's cleveland right cleveland's a team that uh i'm not saying the ship has sailed in the season but they're four and seven so they would need to go on an absolute tear to uh to find a way into the playoffs especially in the harder of the two conferences right now but jacoby Brissett. As much as he is probably just keeping the seat warm for whenever Deshaun Watson gets back from the suspension and all that mess, had another solid game. He's not willing to give up the the, the leadership role just yet, so good to see him playing well. And then uh, Nick Chubb also went over 100 yards like he always does for them. But uh, the other one was Jedrick Willis had a solid game, and their offensive line has been a bit suspect here and there, so that's nice to see them solidifying a little bit here and there. Your boy JOK, solid game as well uh, on the defensive side of the ball, and, of course, Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett, I mean, hey, shoot, you, you just almost uh put him on loop every week. But the big thing we talked about with Cleveland, they need offensive line help. They don't have a first round draft pick because of the Watson deal. So Wyatt Teller, though, another rough game for them. So they still need help. JOK
1: um, almost took out my guy Tristan Worst though, so I'm a little yeah, angry. Yeah,
0: I don't think he did it on purpose. So he just kind of jumped and landed on him. Still angry. Fair. And so yeah, that's that's a whole other mess when you're trying to deal with that kind of stuff. But the next game would be the team that has the first round pick of the Browns this year, and that's Houston Texans, Miami Dolphins. Your, your fish are doing well, buddy. Your dad's got to be. Did stoked. you
1: did you did you skip skip Cincinnati and Tennessee on me? Possibly. It's fine. We can go, go ahead. back to them.
0: Yeah. I just, just want to talk for a bit.
1: That's cool. I dig it. Do your thing. <laughs> Get in on Houston. Let's go
0: Miami, Houston. I forgot that we had a game between them because they're both your teams. <laughs> Go ahead. What do you got about Miami, dude? Your dad's got to be stoked. Oh,
1: I thought you were going on Houston first. Yeah, Miami's killing it. You know who I'm going to talk about? And hmm. he didn't get any sacks in this game, but I just had Christian uh, Wilkins, man. Mm-hmm. He like is he disrespected a little bit? Like I don't know. Like when people are talking about interior D lineman, I don't yeah. I don't hear his name a lot. He gets an absurd no. amount of tackles for an interior D lineman. I know he didn't have sacks in this game. We had two tackles for a loss, and I'm sorry. In the grand scheme of things, what the hell is the difference? <laughs>
2: no,
1: Why is there so much hype about a sack, and you hear like nothing about a tackle for loss? Right, they're one and the same. It just depends yeah. on who's carrying the ball.
0: Yeah, the only thing I can think of is, I mean, sacks just sound better because of who's carrying the ball. But... Deacon
1: Jones properly named it, right? Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, we need to come awesome. up with a better name for a tackle for a loss. So we have some, yeah. I mean,
1: they're the same thing, right? I'm I know, not crazy. It's the same thing.
0: The 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 sacks generally tend to be more explosive looking plays, or more you know attractive looking plays. Because attack for a loss, is a guy runs in the line, you squish him.
1: Yeah. Who? Okay. Tell Smith that when Clowney crushed him in the backfield.
0: Yeah. Well, that's because he didn't have his helmet on, right? But yeah, agreed. <laughs> and that's
2: the
1: thing. Yeah.
0: You you see those plays, and then that's kind of you know where you get your mind to. But uh, but yeah, I mean he's he's definitely somebody that they don't talk to talk about enough because interior defensive linemen, unless you're Aaron Donald, don't get a ton of love sometimes.
1: Elie McNeil got some love a couple of weeks ago. But
0: all right, yeah,
1: you can, I'm done with Miami. You can go in. Houston. Right. we can circle back. After well, I mean
0: the, the the good news for uh, for Houston is uh, Malik Collins had a solid game, had a couple sacks himself, and then three tackles for a loss, as they want to give love into that area as well. So and we and might Jordan. think
1: moving forward I'm going to praise tackles for losses. I'm going to make this a thing and we're going to rename it.
0: I like it. We need well we'll, well we'll figure that out and we will debut what we believe to be a really good name uh for tackles for loss because I feel like that is something that we can definitely have a good time with. But uh, for Houston, look, this is a team that needs a lot of help in a lot of areas. I think that uh, their wide receivers actually played well for a change. Some of the offensive line played well. Kenyon Green had probably his best game of the year. The uh, the rookie, he's starting to to get things put together a little bit, but their tackles did not, their center did not, and so I still think offensive line is an area that Houston needs to go, as well as D line, as well as corner. They need help to run the team. Uh, but if you want to try to, now nah, you team, nailed
2: it, right?
0: <laughs> if you want to try to build this team, we we both believe that if you build does, strong lines, it masks a whole lot of other issues.
1: Does Houston just feel like they're worse than what they were when they were an expansion team? Is that what they are? Are they an expansion team?
0: Just about, no. They have an expansion
1: team roster. My they goodness. They do.
0: This is a team that brought in new leadership that didn't work out, so that brought in new, new leadership, and they're, this thing is going to be shredded for a few seasons. I mean, they're basically trying to take, take a page out of the Astros book. Let's be bad for enough years to get enough draft picks to be good. We'll see what happens. Next game on the schedule, let's go back to Cincinnati and Tennessee.
1: Have at it. You know, the Tennessee side, for two weeks in a row now, I'm going to throw a little love at Traylon Burks. Do you believe that, Dan?
0: I, I wouldn't have believed it two weeks ago.
1: The two-game window, he's got 11 grabs for 181 yards. Hey. That is not the greatest. Like be, I've mentioned stats better than that. Mm-hmm. But based on what he's done this entire – those two games might have beat everything he's done the entire year altogether. Yeah.
0: And they needed that from him.
1: Just saying. I mean, the last three games, he only had six grabs for, about know 51 yards? Mm-hmm. But it's only a three-game look back prior to those two. But, yeah, I mean, Traylon Burks, I mean, maybe he is going to amount to something. He's not going to be A.J. Brown. I promise you that.
2: Right.
0: If but he at is, least then that's fantastic. Do something. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And right now, yeah, they I need
1: switch something. <laughs> they do need something. Switching to the other side of the ball, um, a guy, you know this from fantasy purposes. So I've even said you should have picked him up a couple times, and I don't think he did <laughs> it, but. Logan Wilson, man, linebacker. Mm-hmm. I was super high on coming out of college. He's one of my sleepers. He took a little bit to go, get going last year, had an incredible season. This year it was started a little slower, but have you looked to see what he's done in the past two games?
0: I mean, he had nine this past game.
1: Yeah, and the game prior, he had four this past game. Like, uh, just, I don't know, he, he had a really, really good game. He had a tackle for loss, which we're going to rename later, too. <laughs> So, I mean, nine tackles, tackle for loss. The previous week, I think he had like eight, yep. and maybe even tackle for loss too. But I just want to say, he's starting to turn it on. I mean, he's starting to look like what we did last year. Mm-hmm. And I like to give guys like that a big shout out because this is a day two pick, which is my favorite day of the draft. He's a third-round pick coming out of Wyoming. Mm-hmm. So You love your Wyoming linebackers. I just love linebackers in general, but I love day two <laughs> linebacker picks. That's like no. my favorite. Linebackers that are picked on day two, like, I mean, let's watch right. them.
0: Yeah. Hey, and day three too, right, Rodrigo? Yep. Next game on the schedule, you can sit back for a minute here. I got the next two, and that's the Jets we and got the, the Bears. Next four. Well, the next four play of teams, next two games. Teams. Yeah, so I'll, uh, I'll, Jets and Bears, right? The legend of Mike White continues. This dude, oh boy, I don't get him at all because he's a guy that just he's like the the super backup, right? This is a dude who doesn't start many games for you, but when he does. He just finds a way to do something, right? Or to to wow people just enough until he comes crashing back to earth. Well, he did it again this week. Now, mind you, it was against Chicago, who their defense is not good right now, especially after getting rid of Roquan Smith. But 315 yards, three touchdowns, not too shabby. Zonovan Knight, new guy coming out for New York as they continue to have running back injury issues as Michael Carter went down again. Now they're just going to the next man up. And uh, Knight had a decent game, all things considered, stepping in. But Garrett Wilson. 95 yards, two touchdowns for the young man. Good to see him continue to develop for the Jets. And then the other side of the ball, DJ Mosley, 10 tackles, pass defense, had a QB hit in there as well. Nate Herbig had a good game. So this is a solid game for the better team in New York. Now, on the flip side, the two Q Williams boys that whoa, I gave some love
1: to- What? What are you trying to say? What? First of all, there's only one team in New York, and they're not better. I have a yeah. real team in New York, sure. I do. Buffalo. That's my team. Nice try. Yeah. Uh, That's oh, you want them. Pull one over on it. Trying yeah. To pull one over on All it. right, the
0: better team in New Jersey, then. So. Nah, uh, it's still. Come close. on now, the Jets are a better team than the Giants. I'm sorry, they just are. Yeah, the The Williams to boys be determined.
1: That, Maybe yeah. they'll meet in the Super Bowl.
0: No, good lord. <laughs> wouldn't the That's NFL go absolutely nuts? I wouldn't even watch. It.
1: Oh, I don't think I could watch it.
0: The NFL would go nuts if that happened. The two biggest teams. I'm for biggest a market. single. Oh my goodness. Who who
1: would you root for if that ended up in Giants? 100%. Can't really? stand the Jets.
0: Yeah. Okay. I think I'd root for Jets the Jets. are my
1: third, third most, like, my least favorite team. Man, I think I'd root Packers, for the Jets over the Giants. Packers, Bears, and Jets. Can't do it. I'm out mm, on all see, three.
0: No, maybe it should happen. We could have a lot of fun with that one. We can do a live podcast and then have to have a seven second delay on it for you. Should be entertaining. Mm. The the Q Williams boys did not have a great game, though, for the Jets. After I praised them last week, they came crashing back down to earth and didn't really do a whole lot in the way of the counting stats. But, uh, I mean, Quincy Williams had a few tackles, but pro football focus didn't like him very much. For the Bears, I mean, the entire team just didn't play well. I mean, I could try to go into notes. Sanborn had a bunch of tackles, 15 tackles. He's probably the only guy who played well, but that's because they kept putting him in position to where a guy like Jack Sanborn had to make all of the tackles. Cause they were getting to the second and third level every play. It felt like it seems like with the, the way that the jets offense under the demigod, Mike white, I don't know something's going on with that boy. And, uh, and then again, on the opposite side of the ball, Trevor Simeon did not have a good game. Not surprising. And Kendall Vildor, the uh, young defensive back, he's been up and down this year, He's definitely been riding a roller coaster with that guy. So That's the end of that for uh, for Chicago next game. And again, I love the Bears, but did not love them in this game. Falcons and Commanders. And somehow the Manders keep finding ways to win. They're another team that I don't think is that great, but they just keep finding ways to win games. And at seven and five. They're still in the playoff hunt. Not necessarily because of how amazing they've been playing, but wins are wins in the NFL. No one cares how good they are or not. Cameron Curl had eight tackles. Scary Terry, again, having a solid game. It's been like three, four games in a row for McLaurin, having a solid game. Brian Robinson had another good one as well with a couple of uh, catches and then 100 yards on the ground. And then uh, Mr. Lucas had a good one, too. On the opposite side, we have another one of those fun pro football-focused moments, JP, because... When oh I was boy. looking through this game on defense and it's usually been on defense. I don't think we've really had a huge uh, question mark with some of the stuff on offense, but on defense, uh, we looked at some of the numbers, jam and Davis, 10 tackles, right? Had the lowest grade at 28 and a half. They gave him an 83 for tackling, but everything else he did was apparently absolutely terrible. And it came down to the fact that they targeted him 10 times and he gave up eight catches for 110 yards. That's it's, there's a reason why he had those tackles. He got burned. And that's part of the fun part of trying to parse through some of the advanced analytics on the opposite side, Atlanta. Well, Atlanta's still only half a game out of first place at five and seven. That's the division this year, man. It's Oof. it's not pretty. They, they right made ball
1: games with that record. Why not?
0: Ah, I mean, it could be close, right? So we will see how that ends up finishing out uh, for the Falcons. The offensive line, which I've been much maligned Uh, For a good bit there. They ended up having a good week. Another good year for another good week for the offensive line, which is positive. I still think they need help there, but good to see that. Michael Walker on the defensive side of things, another good game for him. I just picked him up in fantasy because he's been on a tear lately. Uh, On the opposite side, they really didn't have anybody who had a bad game. Drake London didn't play great. uh, And so he's still kind of learning the ropes as a rookie. But Atlanta, they still need help in the line, I think, on both sides. But overall, I mean, for a team that lost a game, they, they didn't play bad. They just didn't play well enough. Nobody really was a gaping hole for them. But, oh, well. Now it's your turn. Denver, Carolina. Run with it.
1: First of all, I'm like, I'm 100% out on Russell Wilson. I think I'm going to drop him in our fantasy league, the Probably league that time. I have him in. I, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm done. Yep. I don't even care think he's if he done blows too. up the rest of the game. I just don't want him. Yeah. I just don't even want him on my team. So frustrated. Understandable. I <laughs> but. While I'm on Denver, I want to say this. Hey, you should PFF this this week. Because you know how I love having fun with my linebacker love. Right. Both these linebackers played great. I don't care what PFF says. (laughs) Jazzy, Jewel, and Alex Singleton. Mm -hmm. Jewel, you know, fourth-round pick. And Singleton was an undrafted guy. So, like, I love Mm -hmm. pounding the table for these guys. But they both played great football in this game. Despite the fact that Denver lost, I thought these two looked good. Do they agree with me or not?
0: Who do you think had the better game?
1: Between the two of them, Jewel because he had the tackle for loss that we're going to rename, and okay. he had seven solo tackles versus four solo tackles. So they both had eight. Well, but here's Jewel's what I'm gonna we're tell solo, you. and he had a tackle for loss.
0: You're wrong, according to Pro Football Focus. Alex they're Singleton gone. was 20 points higher. Mm-hmm. Alex Singleton had an 85-6, and Josie Jewel had a
1: 65-5. So basically, they're probably arguing that Jewel allowed some passes. His pass coverage is probably bad, but he's still like, I don't know. He got in there and got like. If they would have, this is this. I would be curious. I'd love to talk to someone from PFF because if it wasn't a tackle for loss and it was a sack, how much would that have boosted Jewel when it's the same thing?
0: See, now you're just trying a conspiracy theory level here.
1: Maybe, maybe not. Hating
0: on the sack. All I know is in a game where Sam Darnold threw for more yards than Russell Wilson, you know, something weird happened. Yeah.
1: On the other side of the ball, though, because I'm going to stay at PFF, a guy that I don't even have to have you look up because I know he. <laughs> had, there's no way in hell he did not have a phenomenal grade. Mm-hmm. But Brian Burns, he only had three tackles, but he had two sacks and a tackle for loss. Mm-hmm. This is a first round pick that Carolina spent, you know, it's a top half of the first round, I want to say. Yeah. Yep. Was it only a 24 year old kid who's you know, start starting to uh play some really good ball.
0: He's their untouchable on that team. I think he's the yeah, one guy was, that it would take a lot to pry away from him.
1: Yeah. I mean that puts him in the double digit sack range this mm-hmm. year. I think that puts him at ten. So he's having himself a, a good season in his fourth year here. So shout
2: out to Brian Burns. Eighty What's that? Eighty-nine six. Who
1: did Burns? Yep. Oh, that's an incredible grade. Yeah. 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 They got that one right. <laughs>
0: Well, that's good. Next game on oh. our list. Is anybody else from Carolina? I want to jump on you.
1: Oh, I try to do one player. You know man. Okay.
0: Anybody else? Uh, then we'll move on to Baltimore and
1: Jacksonville. And Jacksonville got the win. They did. They did. Although, they darn game gave it away at the end. <laughs> so that's, that's a bit sad. But I'll say this, though. Seems so how you, you teed me up there. Quick shout out to Zay Jones. My goodness. 11 grabs for 145 mm-hmm. yards. But Trevor Lawrence, man. Game winning drive. Things are starting to click. I'm telling you, they give this guy just a little bit more weapons or mm-hmm. protection or something. Just give him something on offense and give the team a better defense. He just needs a little help on offense, don't you think? Right. Like he's he's close to yeah. having all the tools that he needs to, you know, pan out, if right. he will. So that that was the guy I wanted to talk about. It's Trevor Lawrence. I mean, 29 of 37, 321 yards, three touchdowns, zero picks. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's great. He did fumble twice and lost one of them. So he did have a turnover, which is, you know, the little bit of a blemish on that record, but, right.
0: but he started uh, to it together.
1: He put yeah, He put it together, had a game winning fourth quarter drive. I love it.
0: And again, that's one of the things we talked about. Everybody wants instantaneous success out of players, but you know, I mean, sometimes it takes a little while. And for Trevor Lawrence, this is, this has been a thing. Like it took him a little while. Last year was rough as a lot of rookies tend to have rough years, but he's really cut down, even though he had the fumble on a lot of th- those turnovers. And Baltimore continues to be maddening, though, because they're a team that seems like they should be able to beat teams and then finds ways to lose to them. So props to Jacksonville for getting the win. I but, like
1: that. I like right? that.
0: You are not a Ravens fan, sir. And uh, I will give a little bit of love to a couple of players. Broderick Washington had five tackles, but one of those was a, a sack. Another one was a tackle for a loss and had a little QB hurry up in there as well. So solid game stuff in the stat sheet. Uh, Tyler Linderbaum decent game starting to put things together the the rookie center and then lamar jackson as much as he didn't have the passing numbers still ran the ball well and had like a 90 grade from pro football focus so lamar is not the issue with this team it's the fact that he doesn't have a zay jones to throw the ball to you ever heard of josh oliver yeah okay well josh oliver yeah
1: i think so yeah 76 Maybe. yards and a touchdown i see where, i see where you're going with this though haven't haven't talked about it much this year is my point so, no we absolutely not
0: Right. And so again, it's Lamar Jackson and whoever else decides to show up for a day. And the other problem they got their offensive line, uh, Linderbaum might have had a good game. The guards did not. And so again, that's an area between a wide receiver offensive line. I think those are two areas where uh, the Ravens definitely still need a hand. Next game on the list, let's go to LA and do some Chargers and some uh, Arizona Cardinals. And I guess that's all me. So let me rip through up the player.
1: Isaiah Simmons comment. You know,
0: here's the thing. Isaiah did have a decent game. Again, he's been on a little bit of a mini tear. He wasn't as maybe as amazing as he's been in other games. You know, as much as you
1: mentioned him, you would think he would get defensive MVP.
0: tell you what, he should be the most improved player on defense. I mean, this dude, he had a sack, he had a tackle for a loss that we're renaming, had a pass defense, had a QB hit. He's finally becoming something resembling the player that he was supposed to be coming out of college and and that makes me happy. I did still have to drop him, though, because I got by this week, and I don't have space for an extra linebacker on a fantasy team. But Marco Wilson had a solid game, too. And then uh, the offensive line for, for the Cardinals, they lost this game 25-24 on a great last-second play from the Chargers. But Murray had a good game coming back. Hopkins obviously did like he always does, and their tackles played well. Uh, but I still think they could use some help in the secondary. They could still use another body in the offensive line. And then uh, jumping over to the team that won the game, the Chargers, Michael Davis had six tackles, a sack, a tackle for a loss, and two QB hurries in there. Uh DeAndre Carter had another solid game as a afterthought wide receiver coming into the year, but even with Keenan Allen back, did a nice job. You know who had his best game of the year so far? Rookie Zion Johnson,
1: the boy Ooh, that we thought was the BC. best
0: guard. Yeah. So BC. good to see. You. Good to see him jumping in. Khalil Mack did not have a great game, but uh, you know, I mean, hey, he's allowed to have a stinker here and there. But overall, no, for he's
1: like, like sixty-three years old,
0: right? Exactly. He's been been in the game for a while, uh, and so that's one of the reasons why. Look at the D line is a spot where they might want to add a body. Obviously, offensive line could still use a little bit of help, and then their secondary. So there's some there's some holes for the the Chargers as they continue to try to put their season together at six and five they still got a shot of the playoffs potentially but it's kind of a wonky sort of year for them as that whole AFC West has been a little wonky this season outside of the Kansas City Chiefs I'm
1: always hard on on, especially when the draft I'm like a Hendon Hooker I'm always hard on people's age but people gotta realize things like it's not that he's actually like that old I know that but I guess I look at like Sports years is like dog years. You know how like (laughs) the average like a dog like every year is average like a seven year window or something like that. Mm -hmm. Same thing for sports for me.
0: You you definitely have to look at as an NFL player, your career is by your early to mid thirties, you are done in almost every situation. So that's kind of what you have to look at. If you have a 10 year career in the NFL, you have beaten out many, many players. You know who did get a a little bit of a beating? The Seattle Seahawks, because they lost in overtime. Because the Las Vegas Raiders actually even won a game. The
1: Raiders. It's curious you say that they actually won a game. Here's the thing. I got a couple things. One, Josh Jacobs must love money because he's chasing the contract. Two, <laughs> if the Raiders had a better record, Josh Jacobs with a down year of quarterbacks might be in the conversation for MVP. Sure. Three, Josh Jacobs is a Lions fan.
0: <laughs> is that why you're a Josh Jacobs fan?
1: Well, yeah, I gotta be. He helped us out, man. You know, the draft positions I was talking about that we'll get more into tomorrow. He did mm-hmm. us a solid. Yeah. He's helped securing a better spot by basically, in my opinion, single-handedly giving the, the Raiders a win.
0: Well, and the so, Raiders. Yeah. I might like... start
1: my campaign for Josh <laughs> Jacobs, MVP.
0: Right. Well, in the Raiders here, we talk about, I, I, you know, I give the Giants a hard time, whatever. But when you look at the Raiders' season, they're 4-7. and seven, But their first three games, they lost by less than a touchdown. They lost the Chiefs by a point. They lost the Jags by a touchdown. The Colts by five. Like all but one of their losses have been within a touchdown. And this team is four and seven. And so, you know, they're not as bad as their record is showing. And they showed that against Seattle, who had been playing maybe better than we thought they they should have been from, you know, maybe the talent level. But uh, Kenneth Walker had a couple touchdowns. That's nice to see the rookie, even though he didn't run for a whole lot of yards. DK Metcalf doing his thing, 11 catches, 90 yards. But uh, the guy that I really want to talk about on the defensive side of the ball, Mr. Brooks, 16 tackles for Jordan Brooks. Ooh,
1: PFF gave him a negative 15 grade,
0: I'm sure. I mean, he didn't actually have a great grade. Uh, <laughs> but the guy who did have a great grade was uh was Diggs. He he ended up with a uh very solid number. Uh 86 from the from Pro Football Focus for that game. So that was nice to see, but just to feed your little Pro Football Focus, you know, throwdown if you will. Uh if you want to look at how uh Brooks did on Pro Football Focus, he ended up with a 58, so not as bad as you might want to put him, but also not, not spectacular. Middling, according to Pro Football Focus. But they lost the game. That's kind of what matters in the NFL right now is they're trying to keep pace mm-hmm. over there in the NFC West. So next game on our list after this one is the Rams and Kansas City. So uh, what do you got to say about your Rams
1: there? The vintage Missouri Bull? Could that be a thing? <laughs> I mean, I guess technically yes. The,
0: the Ram, the once and former Rams, used to be yeah, in St. Uh, Louis for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Do these
1: teams? So again. and technically the stadium is
0: in Kansas or in is in Missouri, not Kansas.
1: So it was. Now it's in L.A. Well, no, I'm talking about the. Uh, oh, the you're talking about Kansas, yeah, Kansas City Chiefs. It's crazy how many people you can still get with that. But all you know, mm-hmm. hey, remember earlier in the season when the the Manders had the the state of Washington outlined on their mugs.
0: Oh right, yeah, God, I was that was impressive. So and
1: they're selling them outside the stadium. You know, my no, goodness, their geography memory. is not Americans' biggest strength.
0: That's a lot of people's not great strengths when you ask people. <laughs> <around the world.
1: laughs> Tough but, stuff. But uh, anyhow, bringing it, bringing it, reeling it back in here. Um, I don't have any particular players I want to talk about here, but I, I guess I could start with saying the Rams. The Rams are officially they are Lions fans, aren't they? There are people that love <laughs> Brad Holmes there still.
0: Yep, they must be.
1: Because, my goodness, they're going to give us, a, at this point, the third o- third overall pick. But yep. here's the thing. What we've been talking about, like, hey, are they just going to do it? Like, I fully understand they don't have their first-round pick. Obviously, I just said that. Mm-hmm. But, like, are they just shutting this thing down? And I feel like they absolutely had to. Because, I mean, Cooper Cup, super banged up, this rest of the guy. Matt Stafford, two terrible concussions in back-to-back weeks. They say the guy still got tingling and numbness in his legs. Like, right. that's not good. Yep. Shut him down. Yep. Yeah, just shut him down. And now you saw that Allen Robinson had a surgery. He is officially shut down. And then right. you, all of a sudden you saw Aaron Donald rolled his ankle. He's questionable. And they go, okay, did he really owe just, <laughs> They are. They're shutting oh, him down. They're trying oh, to get oh, everybody myself. healthy. No. Yeah, they're trying to get everybody healthy. Mm. They're going to go full-on full, full on off-season mode and try to figure out how to salvage whatever they, they've they got left. But my question, because, I mean, they don't have any picks, but they got to figure out how to do something. Outside of just getting healthy. But my question is this, man, the Stafford rebound from this. I heard from that. Now, this is just a work rumor because, you know, I don't do social media stuff. I can't get in that world. Right. But they keep saying that they saw stuff on social media because Stafford's wife can't resist and she's always <laughs> on there. She's apparently saying stuff like she's asking him to retire based on how severe these concussions were and the side effects these had. From I believe it might be like, so I don't I don't know. Is Stafford done? No,
0: I don't think Have you heard done. any of that? No, I I haven't heard it, but it doesn't surprise me. I don't think any wife really wants to see their husband get concussed. I don't care where you are. Uh, And so I did. And she also has been a very vocal person about her, you know, thoughts on everything. And so would not surprise me if she's out there saying that. And again, she's obviously frustrated. She clearly wasn't wanting him to retire last year, you know, as they were winning games and winning championships. But yeah, that's, that's someone who cares about somebody else. So fair enough. But at the end of the day, it's like this is. This this is what happens when you trade away all your draft picks and some guys get hurt, or, or you don't focus on an area enough. And their offensive line was good last but was year. It right? it was it worth it this year?
1: So now you are getting into kind of what I was going to wrap this up with. Sure. They, yeah, we know they don't have their first round pick. We know they basically don't have any picks. We know they don't have any cap room. Blah blah blah. Right. So they're so if Stafford is done and they shut it down, let's say the money is spent. Allen Robinson doesn't work. What if Aaron right. Ronald retires because he's talking mm-hmm. about retirement? This team could be in a really, really dark place for a, a while to yep. crawl out of this hole. Question: This is the whole take I wanted to do. Was it worth it? Because they did get a Super Bowl out of
0: it. If you ask the guys who played on that team, yes. If you ask the GM, what about the fans?
1: What about well, the, the fans, fans though? Like Lions have never won a Super Bowl in their lifetime. I right. would sacrifice like a five-six year window. I yep. would, hell, I got, <laughs> I've got a few decades of windows here of sacrifice that right. didn't amount to anything. Like, yeah. I think it's worth it.
0: And again, I think it is worth it for, for the fans. I think it's worth it. If you ask Matt Stafford, would you take a couple of concussions for your Super Bowl title? He'd probably be like, Yeah, sure.
1: <laughs> oh, well, I wasn't talking about that. That's tough. No, I, I still think you'd probably say yes the, as long
0: as he didn't throw think he was on your, too bad,
1: throw on every single dollar you had at everything you can, mm-hmm. trading every single pick, like, yep. you know, mortgaging the future for the present. Was it worth it? Right. I, you know, right. the fact that the, if you guarantee me that you do get a Super Bowl, I think it's worth it. Right,
0: and that's where you—it's fun because you see the the two sides of the coin. Because that's what the Rams did, and it worked, and it's what the Saints did, and it didn't work. They had their title a while right. ago, but the new, the newer run with the Saints—they tried, and again, they were one terrible call away from a Super Bowl. But you know, it is what it is. And uh, I would never
1: Rams... ask for my team to do this, though, because there's no. no way you could guarantee me a Super Bowl.
0: But well, here's the real question: Is Brad Holmes better than we even give him credit for? Because he left, and that team is in trouble.
1: Yeah, and I just hope that he learned that he just the reason he left, because he knew what was coming, so he knows what not to do in the trick.
0: Right, one would hope. I'm not saying, I don't think he was the one who traded away all the draft picks either, so he actually no, got some of those no, for him. So. Kansas City on the flip side, they actually won this game. We spent a lot of time trading them to himself. To Rams. Yeah, exactly. It worked out well. So, uh, Sneed had eight tackles. Another great game from him. He's one of the best uh, corners right now, or safeties right now in the league. Uh, good to see that happening. Patrick Mahomes obviously played well, but uh, Mr. Wiley on the line played well too, and so Kansas City, I've been looking at D-line and O-line for them. I still think that's the case, but I also think that they've got a few more bodies that are playing better than I think people expected them to. So Kansas City continuing to roll, continuing to be the team that uh, people weren't sure if they'd be able to be this year. And they're from there 9-2, and two, and they're continuing to win football games. So you can't really argue with a system that works like that. New Orleans, San Francisco. I'm going to let you talk about San Francisco because I'm still trying to figure out what to say about New Orleans.
1: Well, I need you to do some research for me, too, Ooh, so all sorry right. about that. Go ahead. So while Fred Warner showed up on the stat sheet more so than Kayvon Thibodeau did, but that's the, mm-hmm. the direction I'm going here, I feel like he was it made way more of an impact than even the stat sheet showed. I know he had like six tackles. That's about it. No mm-hmm. sacks, no tackles for loss. But when I watched this game, I felt like he was <laughs> – making way more of an impact than the stashy shows just like Kevon Thibodeau. Am I correct? At least in PFF's mind.
0: You are. He had an 89.6. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. He
1: was he he was making impacts. <laughs> I don't I don't know how else to say that. I know I said it four times, but he right. he played a good game. He played a really, really good game. And you know why I get super excited? Cause he's a linebacker that was drafted on day two. It's <laughs> right in my wheelhouse. So yeah, you know, I don't know what you're gonna say about uh, the Saints, but I just got to give a shout out to BYU 2018 third round pick Fred Warner, man. He's, there you he's go, one of my favorite players in the league.
0: Well, I don't remember when and where this guy got picked, but uh Idaho linebacker Caden Ellis for uh, it looks like I'm I don't pulling know, it up. He even
1: a, I don't, even I don't. He
0: was a seventh rounder in 2019. Dude came up with 13 tackles, ten of them solo in this game, and so that was about the only bright spot for a team that lost 13 to nothing but good for him. Uh, Seventh rounder. We love the late round linebackers as well. So he's starting to step up four years into his career so far. And again, I don't think they need linebacker help right now, but they definitely need some DB help. They need some O-line help there in New Orleans. And they are several pieces away from being an interesting team right now. When Andy Dalton leaves your team in rushing for a game, that's, that's not where you want to be. Not where you want to be. Two games left. Let's rip through them. Eagles Packers. The Packers. I know it. I
1: know it. I know we share the Packers, but I'm going to keep mine extremely short because I don't want to steal for my take or say the exact same take tomorrow. So I'm going to save like the – I'm not going to elaborate as much as you will. But Christian Watson, third game in a row, Mm -hmm. he's on fire. NBA Jam Rules, he's on fire. (laughs) He's heating up last week. He's now on fire. Mm Mm-hmm. Scorching those nets. I'm going to leave it at that for Green Bay for me because I'm going to save the rest for tomorrow when we do the mock draft episode. Gotcha.
0: Well – Tell you what, Quay Walker's been up and down this year. He's had some really good games. This was not one of them. He had a 30 from pro football focus. He did have eight tackles, but that was about the only thing he did well. He missed a few of them as well. But roller coaster Rudy Ford. This dude had uh, has been a special teams guy, had a bad, uh, not a bad, but had a had a rough start to the season, not really getting a whole lot of time, had one great game, had one terrible game, followed up with another great game, 88.7 coming in for him. Uh, nice to see a uh, special teams guy getting some love even if it is for the Packers. Flip side, Philadelphia Eagles, Eagles find ways to win, man. I mean, yeah, they're 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 and one right now. But they've the last couple of games have been close. Last three games have been close, even their loss. O-line played well. Jalen Hurts played well. Bray played well. Uh, so, again, this is a team that doesn't have a whole lot of holes. And you'll see that as we get to the mock draft tomorrow, what we ended up doing with them at the end of the round or what I ended up doing with them at the end of the round. But they could still use a little bit of help, maybe in the offensive line, maybe another pass catcher. We'll see what direction they end up going for that one. Last game of the day pittsburgh
1: indianapolis
0: is jeff saturday just a bad coach now or is he still a good coach what's going on there
1: <laughs> no you know what's crazy is i think he i think he was trying to do something similar to what i argued dan campbell yep. was doing so maybe that's a new new thing because i've always argued that you don't want to give a team always, time. time. earlier in this year i think we talked about this off air like four or five weeks mm-hmm. ago whatever the heck it was and i forget who they're even playing but who gave who ran it down where there's only 12 seconds left? And like, ah, yeah, we know it's Tom, but he's only got 12 seconds left. Right. How'd that work out? Mm-hmm. Like, Tom Brady looks different this year. Here we are. Uh, they gave Tom Brady the ball with 12 seconds left. You lost mm-hmm. the damn game. Yep. Yeah. That's what happens. I'm telling you, yep. depending on who the quarterback is on the other side, <laughs> you do not want to use those timeouts. And Tom Brady, Josh Allen, those guys fall into that category. Right. Well, Just and I,
0: even, you know, I you know it's Kenny Pickett for, for Pittsburgh, but, you know, like Indianapolis didn't make the wrong choice they just didn't execute like they, they were they still had time i mean yeah sure you start getting nervous when it gets under a minute but they were on the pittsburgh like 40 or something with timeouts, so the whole playbook was still there for them they weren't i don't think they were in a clock mismanagement situation they just didn't execute when they needed to to keep moving the football forward
1: yeah i'm with you on, on the pittsburgh side of the ball though just two defensive players want to give a shout out to um one have you i'm gonna be honest i'd I haven't watched a lot of Pittsburgh games, like from beginning to end. You know, mm-hmm. I tune in here and there, watch highlights, this and that. But Arthur Malat, undrafted guy out of Memphis in his sixth year, he he had a he had he was all over. He had ten tackles in this game. He had a sack and tackle for loss. Yeah, five of the ten were solo. So I want to give a quick shout out to him. Best game of his career. <laughs> um, I got to give a shout out. I got to end this. With a gold blue, hail to the victors player, Devin Bush, also had a Mm -hmm. very, very good game, eight tackles. Um, He just seemed to be everywhere. Who knows? He might be one of those crazy things where PFF. Just thought he missed the play, the coverage play, and just (laughs) lucked out into the tackle. But
0: No, he had an um, 83.1, don't worry.
1: No, see, so come on, what the heck. But anyways, (laughs) yeah, gold blue. And last thing I
0: got to say for the the side of the blue is uh, Indianapolis Colts fire up chips because Bernard Ryman had the best score on their offense and he's a a tackle that's finally starting to come into his own as this year has gone on as a rookie so it looks like they may have solved their left tackle issue potentially if he continues to play well and then uh, Jelani Woods their tight end that they got the in the first round or not first round in the draft this year I think fourth round from Virginia had another great game eight catches 98 yards so nice to see them still having some some positive points and a loss but that was another loss, and Indianapolis at four seven and one is uh, in rough shape to try to make the playoffs this year. But that'll wrap us up for this week as far as all the NFL goes. We talked way too long. That's what happens when you get us going yep. on some college and some other things that happened in the world of sports. But we'll be back again tomorrow. That's what happens. We just took too long, dude. If we would have, we had too much time to think about the week. We'll be back on track next week with you. But tomorrow, mock draft three or whatever it is. It's the three quarter mark of the season. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Anything you want to wrap up with, JP? See you tomorrow. All right, we'll catch you with that mock draft next time on Draft Draft.